1: hello everyone welcome back to road of his overtime on road of his radio brought to you by blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and i'm joined by sean siegel sean we had an action-packed couple of weeks in terms of shows we did mention this before i was in the us for a about a week. Um, so we haven't actually got to meet up and record. So we were catching up a little bit before we started recording, but it feels good to get back into to start to talk. I've been getting my Sean Siegel information through the ship chasing channel over the last couple of days. Some fun shows that you did with Pat and Pete and Ben over there. But I'm looking forward now as we ramp up into I guess it is the pre season, but we should be into full season form for for our drafts here coming up on Road of Is
2: Yeah, we've been doing a lot of drafts. Those have been a lot of fun. I was excited for you and your trip. You've been a globetrotter recently and uh, Zachary Kruger was keeping me up to date uh, through a variety of very cool photos in the the Slack channel that he shared with me. It looked like you guys were having an absolute blast. So I'm excited to hear about that and, and see what comes of it. But Colin, while you were gone or while you again were out and about, we had some preseason action last week and we are going to have some more this weekend we had a game last night we're gonna have some more this evening uh this show will release after some of those games have occurred but one week in preseason was a lot of fun we are seeing some relevant moves potentially on depth charts where there happens to be a little bit of uncertainty so because it's always fun to create bold predictions. I did sort of a week one preseason overreaction column, and as a an, as an optimist, as an enthusiast, I, I don't have any trouble coming up with pre- predictions that I would like to see happen. We'll kind of go through a couple of them today and try and determine how likely they are. But Colin, we're gonna we're gonna do some bold predictions today a little bit maybe relating to some of those preseason games but also big picture what we think is going to happen and who's going to determine
1: championships in 2022. Yeah it's, yeah it's always fun we do our bold prediction show as we get ready for the NFL season every year we'll be doing that again this year and I was thinking about maybe it's around time that we start reaching out to guests to see who wants to jump on and then I was thinking about bringing it up to Sean and then First thing I see during during this week on the, the website is Sean's 20 bowl predictions and other observations following a thrilling first weekend of the preseason. So we are going to head on a couple of them today. I will be linking the article in today's show notes. So if you want to check out the full thing, I would highly recommend going and doing that. Sean, I will go first here and then I'll I'll let you jump to the next one. But there is one that's going to get our listeners excited. There's one here that I think definitely was going to get Ben Gritsch excited, and that was that Trey Lance will finish as the QB one overall in fantasy, and that was after they played the Packers this past weekend, and they had a, you know, he had a, he had a nice touchdown pass to Danny Gray, 76 yards. We are excited about Trey Lance very much, so I think regardless of the preseason week one or not, I think this was certainly an our envisioned range of outcomes, and I will sneak ahead to the second one, which was our Jalen Hurts will. So we are very much aboard the Russian quarterback train here as we, we head into the season. What we see seen in week one, I think, was was positive. Uh, it was what we wanted to see, but this is something that we've been kind of willing into existence for, for quite some time. Yeah, and the only reason
2: that Trey Lance is where he is is because he did not force his way into a starting role last year. He didn't actually play a ton in college. When he did play, he didn't throw the ball a ton in college. So there is so much uncertainty attached to that type of player, especially if he's a quarterback, right? Because this is a very different position than really anything else, not just in football, but arguably in all of sports. And yet the upside here is absolutely crazy. You mentioned the rushing element. He probably is going to rush. I think that he will have some good numbers in that category. You know, I'd be surprised if he gets into that Lamar Jackson range, but I guess that's not impossible The reason that Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts are so exciting at this point is that they have so many ways that they can win. And if they play really at any level that doesn't get them benched, they're going to be fine for you in fantasy. So that's, that's a pretty low level, right? I mean, just don't get benched. But if they play okay, then they're going to more or less justify their draft position. But if they play well, then they're going to be up there with Josh Allen. They're going to scream by guys like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And a little bit of it is that we want to see that because we do have a lot of roster exposure to these players. But when you have that much dynamism as a rusher, and yet you also have the best weapons in the NFL. I mean, you look at the 49ers and there's so much buzz now around Brandon Ayuk right? Who was the invisible man last year. Now, second half of the season, especially week 11 on, he did rectify things, actually had very good numbers. You pull up the stealing signals tool, and you will see that on a per route basis, all three of those guys, including George Shill and obviously Debo Samuel are very, very impressive. But now you also have Danny Gray. I mean, they're going to be able to put so many different players out there. And you have redundant as well well you had the run game and and those guys are going to move the move the sticks but if somebody gets hurt from this group you're not suddenly going to go down to yeah. you know just a couple of guys you'll still have multiple weapons you look at what the eagles did in their preseason game with Devonte smith out and i think people are massively underrating what Devonte smith number one means to this offense and number two what he could do this year even with aj brown and dallas goddard in place And one of the things that we saw is even with A.J. Brown not catching a pass, they go down the field, they score, Dallas Goddard gets the touchdown. There was actually a play right before that where a rushing TD from Hertz was called back. I mean, everything that you would want to see in terms of the thesis for that player for this season was out there front and center. I can't wait to see these teams play. And one of the things I've been debating a little bit with Ben, we went into a little bit on our our ship chasing uh, main event draft, I'm not against AJ Brown or Debo Samuel, and especially Samuel have a lot of shares, but it's just so incumbent upon you to also get exposure through the guys who just aren't nearly as expensive. Because if you do run into a problem with A, the fact that the QB is going to scramble, or B, the fact that there's so much target competition, you want that exposure to be on someone who's probably pretty similar in terms of what their upside is. And yet the price creates this buffer to where you can be wrong or you can be wrong at different points in the season and still come through so we did take Brandon Ayuk last night I think Ayuk and Smith right now two of the very best picks in fantasy
1: yeah and the one thing you know we talk about opening up multiple pathways to victory in our fantasy football teams but if you look at both the Eagles and the the 49ers you mentioned the depth that the 49ers have the Eagles also with a lot of depth and in terms of the pass catching ability that uh, those guys have but coming from the quarterback position they have the rushing capabilities they also have the pass catchers to help them put up those points but the key I mentioned with the running backs and I think you could also pair the running back situation even though I'm I'm not in on Miles Sanders with the Eagles I think the way these teams are going to stress defenses is just going to open it up so much for the quarterbacks as well so super excited for both of those guys heading into the season let's hope either one or the other Sean uh, and your prediction will be right you've you have two two attempts here to get that that one ball prediction right but yeah it's going to going to be fun the next one Sean it hits close to home and we have to head on here and it's Romeo Dubes of the Green Bay Packers you mentioned that he will lead the Packers in receiving and it may not be close we obviously have Christian Watson back in camp over the the last couple of days how are you feeling now as the you know the the, the wide receiver situation starts to Still be very, very murky in Green Bay. We're recording this show on Friday. Reports over the, the last 24 hours that uh Aaron Rodgers' is preferred tree of wide receivers includes Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. And we know that Sean is not on the Sammy Watkins train here. So, how do we see this shaking out over the next four weeks? And the key here is the next four weeks takes us to the week one basically of the, the season. But what we're also looking at is how that progresses throughout the NFL season, and let's say when we get to Week Six, who is the wide receiver one on this roster? Sean, your piece here writes up that that you have a feeling that that's going to be Mr. Romeo Dubes.
2: Well, one of the fun parts about this time of the season, both for the written word and podcasts, is that you put something out, and you know, half an hour later, it no longer seems all that timely we've gone a decent stretch here without me really impugning your guy we had on actually on the non-football show we had
1: i some, actually i actually uh, phrased that question that it was arn Rodgers' trio of wide receivers that he wished to have just to see what we would get as a reply so i'm, I'm looking forward to this yeah <laughs> yeah
2: in the non-football show we had a question about a listener really wanted to try and convince you that Brett Favre and not Aaron Rodgers was the Packers QB that you should love you should have on your excellent background there
1: I do have both of them here though
2: <laughs> well you were resistant though to I really was. buying into Brett Favre
1: yeah
2: I don't know I just it column it seems like Aaron Rodgers goes out of his way at every opportunity to try and prove that number one, he's an old curmudgeon. Number two, he's not a very good leader. Number three, he's not a good talent evaluator. Number four, I don't know. I just, just do you want to win, right? I mean, do you want to win the NFC championship? So you get to the NFC championship and the Packers are, I mean, the Packers are good, right? You've got one of the best quarterbacks in football. You've got a fantastic coaching staff. You probably have you know, a 75th percentile overall roster. Cause I mean, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. So you can make some mistakes. You can do some of the squirrely stuff that he did last year by like, not playing in games, not, you know, doing this, that, or the other thing and still be in a good position like they were last season. His comment here is that these guys are making mistakes. <sighs> well, do you want them to make mistakes now? Or do you want them to make mistakes in the NFC championship game? Cause these guys are way too good in comparison to Sammy Watkins and Randall, who have been done forever. It's not like these guys were done last year. These guys have been washed up for a long time. There's no way that those players keep Christian Watson, one of the already, just instantly, one of the best athletes in the NFL, and Romeo Dubs, who's been probably including like George Pickens and... The first round stars has been like the best rookie wide receiver in training camp across the entire league. There is no way that players like Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins can keep those guys on the bench. So, do you want to lose some games in the first two months and get them ready to win the NFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl, which the AFC, despite being far superior, has managed to lose a couple times recently, or, or do you not want to? I mean, just, it, this is mind boggling to me. Right. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won't throw interceptions even when it's in his team's best interest because he doesn't want to look bad. And now he doesn't want to go out there and throw a pass where somebody's gonna be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it. There's nobody over there because one of these guys ran the wrong route. Instead, he just wants Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins to knock it open. (laughs) So it's like you and I could cover Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. So yeah, this is pretty show. It's it's a little (laughs) frustrating, right? But I am excited for the rookies. I do think it's going to be exciting for Green Bay Packers fans. It's only a matter of time. You look at that preseason game, and I mean, 16 routes, including a play that was called back. I mean, it is a play where he just flat out dropped a pass, but eight targets on 16 routes because he's getting wide open at will. And that was one of the things that people were concerned about. Or like, you know, you watch his tape, and he's playing against small schools, and say, okay, he's not. Not this amazing run after the catch guy. He's not transcendent in terms of getting open. Maybe that some of the different types of timed athleticism isn't what we want. Although one of the reasons why they liked him is because the GPS numbers, I believe, at the Senior Bowl were really, really good. They're like this guy's actually more athletic than people realize. He does all that, including scoring a long touchdown. He maybe had a play that could have been an additional touchdown and another play in the game where if he's not underthrown and interfered with at the same time, that he makes a big play. You know, and then like two practices later, we're going to be calling these guys out to the national media. It, uh, you know, good and bad. It, it's what you get with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this is one of those things where that type of of motivation works.
1: So we'll see. But I, I think Sean missed the other reports that come out after it with uh, Aaron Rodgers meeting with the rookie wide receivers the following morning to discuss, you know, different things. Um, I think it's been overblown and I'm surprised that Rodgers hadn't come out and said this much earlier. Uh, I was talking over the last week to a lot of people around the fact that Rodgers had been hyping up the talent of uh, Romeo Dubes and part of that being that he usually tears these guys apart from the very start and says that they're not good enough to be in the starting lineup from the opening moment. So the biggest part of the praise that I have taken off his performance in training camp so far has been the fact that Aaron Rodgers openly praised him, but then two days later, he kind of remembered what he normally does and and shut it back down. But I do think that uh, these wide receivers, as you mentioned, it's going to shake out that these young guys are going to step up. But it may take a couple of weeks longer, but there is no doubt that at this point in time, he is far and away ahead of where he was expected to be at this time of the preseason. So we'll see how that plays out, Sean. I do think that it's going to be a different looking Packers offense, and I'm excited to see how both the rookies perform this year. And I'm I'm on board with that one but I'm also I, I had been not really drafting much of Christian Watson prior to his injury but as the ADP has slipped over the last couple of weeks I've been adding him and as you mentioned the athleticism he is going to be raw but I think there's going to be an interesting offense there with the, the Packers wide receivers because you mentioned Cobb you mentioned uh, Watkins those guys are well past their prime and that leads to having opportunities for these younger guys coming through and then it's also interesting to see what happens with Alan Lazard, but I'm excited for the Packers. You mentioned the roster overall. I've touted that I think they're going to have the best defense in the NFL this season, so uh, I think there's a good chance that they're they're back in the mix when it comes to the playoffs. But that is going to be fun for for us and and fantasy to see how it shakes out. And it would be much more exciting if it's the the young rookies versus the the washed up veterans, Sean, that make that impact here. But uh, we'll see we, we know Aaron likes his, his buddy randall cobb and we'll see what happens there a couple of ones to to go through here a little bit rapid fire you mentioned sam howell is and always has been the best quarterback prospect in this draft he also has the situation down in, in washington with the commanders and of course they traded for carson wentz but are you are you saying that we have a chance this year to see him get some work pretty early, um and and you know work past that Carson Wentz trade and that the, the com- commanders aren't afraid of looking bad in this situation.
2: Yeah. The, 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 part that's so interesting about this is sort of the human psychology element, right? Because anytime that you do anything, and this doesn't relate specifically to Washington it relates to all of us, then you have incentive and you have emotion tied up in making that look good. And so they don't want to give away valuable picks and then immediately turn around and be like, well, that was ridiculous. But the fact that it was Washington, ridiculous,
1: though. Well,
2: <laughs> it probably was, yes. But the fact that unlike teams like Seattle, who like came out after the draft and said, okay, well, we actually had a really good grade on Sam Howell, but we thought, what's the point of having someone who's just going to be a backup to Geno Smith and Drew Locke? You're like, what's the point of that? I mean, obviously <laughs> the point of having a backup to those guys would be that you may have actually a starting quarterback. <laughs> so... The fact that Washington actually pulled the trigger. Now they're in the position to be Seattle from all those years ago when they drafted Russell Wilson, even after they had given a big contract. Yeah, because he'd had this like 500 yard or 400 yard passing game against the Detroit Lions in week 17. They got off of that mistake and onto something that allowed them to then be a Super Bowl champion. So it's possible that the Washington could get off that too. And I I do think that the coaches need to win and that's going to be a hard decision, right? Is like how much does a limited bad veteran help you compared to a rookie who's going to make different kinds of mistakes, but also has this tantalizing upside. And, you know, a lot of it too is a willingness to do what the quarterback does the best. And one of the things that I think is just very hard, right, is, I mean, Kyle Shanahan had a great season in that rookie year for RG3, and yet it wasn't exactly the way he liked to run offense and what he envisioned to eventually put together a Super Bowl caliber team of the kind that he's put together there in San Francisco. And so didn't really want that even though he was able to make that work it's it's hard when you have these extremely complex offenses with you know voluminous playbooks and you know so much detail and you feel like okay to to be a legitimate nfl franchise we need to run all of this we need to develop all of this if we're going to win a super bowl we've got to do those kinds of things and then to say, okay, well, the rookie QB just isn't ready to do a lot of that. And the things that he does really well, maybe we don't even do. And we, so we would have to create this alternate plan for him. When you hear people talk about Sam Howell not being ready, I mean, he was the guy. And you can go to the Road Rookie guy. You can watch film if you so desire. You can go to all different kinds of sources and look at what Howell did compared to these other Rookie QBs, and you can see that in terms of age-adjusted and experience-adjusted trajectory, he's way ahead of them from a production standpoint. And usually, when with these guys, the question is either the production isn't there or the physical talent isn't there. With Sam Howell, you've got production, you've got a big arm, you've got this plus rushing ability, and so, and then you have to like really pick and say, okay, well. He's got everything that we look for, but stylistically, we've got some issues. Maybe the feet aren't in the way that we want them here. You know, he's throwing off of balance. He's picking the wrong guy to throw to, even though he's making these big plays. You know, we don't like some of that, even though (laughs) production and physicality are there. I don't know. I mean, this hasn't been rapid fire because I'm very invested in Sam Howell, but I'd love to see the commanders give him a shot and try and develop him. Because one of the other things is just that, if, I mean, if he's not the guy, I mean, Carson Wentz isn't the guy like the situation with some of these other teams. I mean, you need to know what you want to do for 2023. So, and, and, you know, we could have a, another preseason game this weekend where it falls apart. So you always want to keep some of those expectations in check, but, even in preseason, even against the other team's deep backups, you just don't have that many occasions throughout the course of, you know, a decade or 20 years or what have you, where a guy comes out and flashes quite like that. I mean, it, it was must-see TV in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. It, it was fantastic.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping that uh, we're on to that. Being over in Washington, spending some time with Zachary Krueger, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, we were listening to some Washington sports talk radio, and um, let's say they have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz uh, and how they're talking things through. A player they don't have a lot of faith in, Sean, that you also mentioned in this article, but we won't dive into it today, we'll tease it for the listeners, is Antonio Gibson. They are not invested in him. They are all aboard the Brian Robinson bandwagon so check that out and Sean's piece but that seems to be the way it's playing out in Washington each day the reports seem to be getting bleaker and bleaker for Antonio Gibson ahead of the season the player I do want to talk about Sean though that we did catch in a preseason game catching a touchdown that is Taequann Thornton who we've talked quite a bit about on the show over the last uh the last couple of months but looks to be and uh you know developing into the way that we want to see him getting action early in the season but started off the preseason pretty hot here
2: he did he had a play early where brian hoyer underthrew him he might have had not a touchdown because there still was a player who had the angle but a big, big big game then they do get further down the field he scores a two-yard touchdown his cut in the end zone was just call it nifty, right? I mean, he looked good. He got open at will. Some of the reporting coming out following the game, discussing their practices over the last couple of weeks, again, emphasizing that Thornton is not just a deep threat, right? And one of the scouting reports on him coming out of Baylor is that this guy has a great work ethic. He is extremely smart. He's going to figure these offenses out. And you look at the Patriots and making this decision to take him over George Pickens and Sky Moore. That part of it may, you know, five years from now look look wrong still because those guys look like they could be very, very good. But you just do not have too many players in the NFL who have four to eight speed. I mean, he's slender, but he's not a tiny guy. I mean, he's six foot two. So you have this element to where he could be the perfect guy for this offense. Now, does that translate into a lot of fantasy points in his rookie year? I mean, probably not because they have a deep depth chart. There are questions about, you know, what's going to happen to Nelson Aguilar. Why isn't Kendrick Bourne catching any passes in practice? I mean, Thornton is at least part of the answer to that. You have guys like Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker who do appear like they'll be the the one and two. They've got some decent tight ends. And the big picture reporting on this offense is that they've got quite a ways to go, right? At the same time, When you're looking for big plays, when you're looking for late season production, I mean, this is a guy who had a 37% dominator rating last year at Baylor, He scored 10 touchdowns. I like where this is going. I think that he's still too inexpensive in dynasty. We just recently had Curtis Patrick's Black Crown rookie draft. Kind of fun to have one that's actually taken place sort of as these preseason games are going. It was interesting to see the rookies and where they went in that. We have a, a big group of what you might consider late round rookies, you know, anybody really from 50 to 150, certainly the players in that 100 to 200 range who have performed well and or appear that they'll have a role early. Now, you look at the Cowboys and the situation over there, and maybe Michael Gallup is going to be ready faster than people think. But when you look at Jalen Tolbert and his possibilities for the offense, I mean, I don't know that, I mean, Gallup has an advantage on him in experience and especially if you're probably not a, a star. I mean, you're, you're hoping to be a solid NFL starter. Then, I mean, that experience matters because you don't necessarily have like Jamar Chase talent that's going to propel you to what he did. But I don't know there's really a gap between Gallup and Tolbert from a talent perspective. So, I mean, I don't even know that having Gallup back number one hurts him that much or number two helps the cowboys that much now it helps them because they do need some depth they just have very little behind cd lamb but it's interesting to hear so many stories of depth receivers playing well i don't know that we're going to get big fantasy impacts from them but it is certainly filling out this rookie class that has been much maligned and definitely at the receiver position i think it's going to end up being very solid
1: yeah I think it's going to be much better than people were anticipating even just a couple of months ago but they've all you know there is going to be puff pieces around every player that's doing anyway decent from their teams in training camp but there seems to be quite a bit of uh, smoke I guess around the guys that we're we're discussing and that we're trying to target in our drafts your bold prediction for this one is that Thornton is going to catch a 70 yard touchdown at a very big moment so you know, if you're having him on your best ball rosters, you don't have to pre- predict that big moment. If he's on your redraft rosters, that makes it a little bit more challenging. But it feels like with a player like Thornton, you know, we could have been at this point and been like, ah, things aren't looking that great. The reports aren't that positive. But everything with him, like Sky Moore, you mentioned, and like Pickens as well, is, it seems to be heading in that right direction. As I mentioned at the start of the show, I will be linking this article in. Today's show notes, there is 20 bull predictions. I would highly recommend heading over and checking them up on rotaviz.com from sean the other thing i want to give a plug for is sean and ben uh part one of their kind of predicting the first two rounds of the 2023 draft came out on friday part two will come out early next week this is something that i think sean it's probably fair to say was the kind of most anticipated or requested show to happen again this year after how it went last year so i just would uh, we don't want to spoil anything but the listeners should definitely be heading over and checking that out if they haven't already part one as i mentioned came out on friday that is up on the Stadium Bananas podcast feed. And Colin, that that was so much fun to record. Ben and I did a couple hours there,
2: one for the first round, one for the second round. It, hopefully it's as much fun for listeners as it was for us <laughs> just sort of chatting. I also want to mention that we've got some really cool stuff up on the site. Now, obviously we love having you as a listener, regardless of whether or not you're a subscriber, but if you're on the fence, a couple of the very best articles that we've had came out in the last week. Dave Cabin's auction guide is one that subscribers just absolutely love every year and are calling for. That came out this week. Also, Michael Dubner put out the best ball Bible, which I just can't imagine seeing a better article on best ball anywhere there. I, I know there are very many good ones, so that's, that's not any way to, to criticize anybody else's work, but what Dubner has done here it's just pretty extraordinary. It's got 22 visuals, helps you find deeper research on anything that you're looking for. But he breaks down the eight key areas of best ball and references great work by Blair, great work by Connor, Madison Bjorn, uh, all of the guys just working through here. But Michael Dubner, one of the best minds for best ball. He has a, a fantastic free tracker that you can use you want to check him out i mean he also references the video series that he and peter overset made which is also fantastic so if you're looking to get better at that we've had some guys call them win big money without having a ton of best ball experience previous to the year when they won because they used the workshops they used the tools you know, and, and you get lucky, right? I mean, you gotta be both good and lucky. So, anytime that we talk about winning, we know that we got lucky. But if the whole thing seems intimidating, and it can, anytime you start something new or decide to take the next step, if you you know play more casually, it can be difficult. If you want to take that step, make sure you check out Michael's articles. Absolutely. Fantastic. And then just the last little thing that I would note, Dave Cabin, in addition to that auction article, has been doing some really crazy work behind the scenes. One of the favorite tools that we have up on the site is the Advanced Stat Explorer. The Advanced Team Stat Explorer is coming out and the volume of information on how teams play and how well they played, their tendencies and their performance. We've got this just amazing package from Sports Info Solutions that has so much stuff in it that it's hard to get all the information out. Davis put together a tool that does all of that. So if that's something that you're interested in for the NFL season, I mean, just that is worth the subscription. So we're excited to have that releasing possibly as soon, even as this podcast comes out, but definitely within the next couple of days. Check it out. I mean, if you're looking for a subscription, I think you'll like ours and Column, as you know, we we also have a, a 10% discount that the radio listeners get.
1: We do, Sean, you're getting very smooth at these transitions. Uh, we we give you a 10% discount if you sign up using the code radio 2022 at checkout. The other thing I want to say there is obviously Dave is the work he does is incredible in terms of the tools, but I also want to mention Michael Dubner's piece. Some people might find it. you mentioned the phrase kind of that it might be daunting uh with all the information that might be around best ball, but Uh, michael really simplifies all that for you and if you are thinking about jumping in you know pay for the subscription if you have to but read that work it will make you a better drafter it will optimize your chances of winning in those tournaments so i would i would highly recommend it it's really fantastically written by michael so do check that out that is going to bring us to the end of today's episode make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed because we will be bringing content your way fast and furious we are still kind of coming up with our schedule some of it we do on the fly where we just decide to record bonus shows as we go along so you don't want to miss any of that information coming out the easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast feed you get each and every one of them as they come your way my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and of course you can check out all of sean's work up on rotaviz.com including the piece we did discuss today but until we're back with another show have a good one